a mighty, mighty God. Children uh, can be dismissed to go downstairs at this time. I know sometimes they're just waiting. They're just chomping at the bits to get down there and learn. We just lost about 70 people or so out of the sanctuary. Praise God for the kids. I got rid of the collared shirt today and I pulled a Julio Torres today and had me a, a shirt on that... It's King, if you can't, I know it's a little busy, but it says Kingdom Music. This is a rap group that we came, uh, that came and uh, ministered to us here at Covenant Church. And we, this place was packed out with, I'd say, probably 30 years old and younger. And Brian Trejo, if you know him, I hope they don't block us on Facebook now because I mentioned Brian Trejo because he don't hold back. He is, he's against the enemy. He's against Satan all out. He's on an all-out front fight against the devil. But I'll say it again. I'll say it. I'll preach it. I'm proud to be a part of Brian Trejo's group and be uh, a supporter of Brian Trejo. But he, he signed this shirt right here. But when I asked him to sign it, he said, I'm not going to sign that shirt and put Brian Trejo on there, which I just said, hey, do you mind putting something on the shirt? And he said, I will not put my name on that because it's all glory to God. And so he, right here is a scripture. He put a scripture right here. But he didn't put his name on it. And I will refuse for as long as I live. And I'm pastor of this church. I will not put my name on this or anything that's going on here. This is not my ministry. This is God's ministry. All glory to God. God, you do the work and you do the work. He does the work that we cannot do. We are his willing vessel. We are his hands. We are his feet. So don't ever get the big head. Because like I just said, you are hands and feet. Some of us are just feet. And I'm going to tell you what. I've got a 17-year-old young man in my house and feet stink. <laughs> All day baseball practice. Coming home. Popping the shoes off. It's unbearable. I said, man, you're going to have to go upstairs and take a shower like right now and throw them shoes out in the garage. Listen, God loves to use the most unlikely. He likes to use us, and I know in our stinking flesh and some of our stinking ways and how we were sinners, and he says, you know what? I can use you. I can use you when you felt like you couldn't be used. And yes, you may have stunk in the past, but I want to put a new scent on you. I want to put new purpose to your life. I want to use you so that you're not just, for lack of a better description, a smelly teenager tennis you. But you are, you're walking now. You're walking with purpose. And now those feet are moving towards a new direction on new ground. Claiming new ground. Claiming new territory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, if it's your first time here to Covenant Church, we welcome you. I know that you feel welcome here because that's what we do. And mo the most important thing is we want you to feel the presence of God. I know you feel it because I feel it. And if you don't feel the presence of God, pinch yourself. Say a little prayer. Say, Lord, stir me up. I want to feel this because it looks like it's pretty awesome on some other people in here. And I want to feel that. So if it's your first time here, we'd love to meet you over here in this little side room. You can come over there and meet some of the leaders. I'll, I'll make my way over there if I can. If I don't catch you there, I may run out there and sprint out in the parking lot. I can still run. I'm 47 years old, but I can still run. And I might just run out there and just shake your hand real quick. Say, hey, good to have you today. God bless you. I'm not going to tie you up because I don't want to be tied up either. I'll talk to you as long as you want to talk, though. 
All right, uh, I want to mention just some of the groups that are going on here at Covenant Church. Young Liberty, thank you, D.C., we appreciate you playing for us. Young Liberty, Radiant, Young at Heart. You need to find out when these groups are meeting because it is a fun time. I, I know that the most recent thing that I saw, a post and text that was going out, Young at Heart, the, the older group, I'll just say the older group, the more senior group, you know, senior is, is, senior is, uh, is, is for, oh, forever young, forever young, I've got the wrong name, forever young, so once you reach that point, you're good guys, because forever, you are forever young, but they went to a place and had uh, some karaoke, and we found out that we've got some members of our church that have some amazing voices. I'm not going to call them out, but if I told you some names of some that I heard sing, and I'm like, man, that guy can actually sing. That woman can sing. Ask me after church. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll out them privately. <laughs> One thing I want to mention, Amy, this is such a great ministry that is going on with the live stream. But, uh, and if you mention this, I'm sorry if I'm saying it again, but I don't know if she mentioned that we, the church, we are paying for Asher's rent, electricity, water. It's about $117, $150. Uh, Amy said what it was. I said, pay it, pay it, pay it right now. And she was immediately able to, within 24 hours, able to get a wire transfer to uh, Thailand and get those people some funds to be able to live. There's a picture she didn't put up, but when they're their room. Listen, folks, they don't have a, it's not their house. It's their room. Does anybody have a living room? Move all your stuff in the living room today. Put the refrigerator in there. Put your bed in there. Put your three kids' beds in there. Live in a room. That's what they're doing. They're living in a room. Well, they had some storms come in, and their ceiling collapsed, and water was flooding in from the roof. And we didn't show that picture, but that picture was very, very sad. And you talk about feeling a stirring in my heart of like, we are going to have, we, this is our mission. This is our mission's work right now. We are reaching out. We are going to help these people and pay for them to have a place to live under religious persecution, a threat of death, burning their homes. And we're up here in Rust, Texas, living it up with AC and big houses and nice houses. You may say, I don't have a nice house. You have a house. You don't have a room. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you what. We're, we're picking up where God puts it in front of us. When He gives us an opportunity to move and act, we act and move on that particular case. Rest assured, we uh, vet everything to the utmost. But I told uh, the team, I said, listen, I will take the possibility of something being wrong with this over, or I won't take that over a blessing. And I said, the right thing to do is we're going to jump on this and we pay this. And we pay this and we give it to God and say, God, to you all the glory. To you all the glory. Let us pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to bring your word. We bless your name today. I want to thank you, Lord, for miracles that have already happened. I want to thank you, God, for healing that took place right here at this altar for men and women. And we're going to hear testimonies and we're going to get the glory to you. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for deliverance that is coming in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Genesis Chapter 37, and we're going to move right along. Tonight, tonight, everybody say tonight, 6 o'clock, I'm going to be here for prayer. 
I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding about prayer, but I'm kidding about trying to put a guilt trip on anybody. If you can't make it here tonight, I want you to be in your home, and I want you to take time out in your home and join us in prayer at 6 o'clock. I don't care if all you can spare is five minutes. Your five minutes is better than no minutes. So gather your children up. Say a prayer together as a family. Men, lead your family. Lead your family in prayer tonight. If you can be here tonight at 6 o'clock, we meet for an hour. There's many, many that will be here tonight. We will meet for an hour and we will pray. We have music and we're going to be praying for one hour and it goes by like that. It goes by quick because it's powerful and you're not going to be watching your clock. You're going to be going, oh my goodness, I'm feeling so much of the presence of God. I can't even believe an hour has already gone by. I'm ready for another hour. And I'm telling you, you will actually feel those those feelings of this is amazing and God is doing some great things. We've seen healing. We've seen deliverance. We've seen a mighty move of God. We've seen God moving in our youth group. Wednesday nights, so many people, kids downstairs, 129 kids downstairs, and they're praying and seeking God to the point of, hey, kids, it's time to go. We've got to go. And their hands raised, hands lifted high. I need more of Jesus. I've got to have more of God. I don't want more of this world. I want more of God. The presence of God is strong and it's falling and we're so, so grateful for what he's doing in our midst. So Genesis chapter 37, I want to read just a little bit, 23 through 28. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern, which is a pit. Now the cistern was empty, there was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them to, down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. Skip to verse 36. Meanwhile, the, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. And so if you don't know the story of Joseph, I'm going to just briefly just give you just a, a small little bit of it at the beginning he is thrown into absolute turmoil his world is turned upside down and he's put in a position of absolute hopelessness this is my family these are my bros these are my brothers and they just threw me in a pit and I thought that was it but no then they yanked me up out of the pit I heard some talk while I was down in the pit. I could hear them talking about killing me. I was really worried about that. Well, thank God they didn't kill me. But now I'm being sold and now I'm going to Egypt. And I'm going to be a slave bound up in chains and locked up. And I'm going to be working for somebody else. And I'm going to be in chains. Fast forward now. 13 years later. Joseph is 30 years old when this happens. But go to chapter 41 verses 41 through 44. This is after a lot 
has gone on. There's so much that happens in between the time of being sold as a slave to, to, to Potiphar and being put in bondage in Egypt and to what I'm about to read right now. It's a miracle. It's, it's an unbelievable thing that happened in Joseph's life. And Joseph is able to have sweet, sweet, I mean, this is vindication and retribution to the max. And it's all because of God and his hand on Joseph's life. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Time out. This boy was just a second ago, I'm reading how. He was a, a slave in Egypt. And I know I said a second ago, but 13 years goes by like that. And in a short amount of time, <clears throat> we're looking at somebody as powerful as Pharaoh say, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot at his, as his second in command. And men shouted before him, make way, make way for Joseph, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. He's telling everybody, I'm the boss. I am Pharaoh, but without your word, Joseph, no one will lift hand or foot in all of Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name, go ahead and say that to yourself, and gave him Azanath, daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. This is a mighty, mighty story. It's a powerful story. And for everything that happens in the end, and what you saw and the story, how it was kind of being played out at the beginning. When we read those first few bits of this story and we see what's going on, we kind of assume the ending and we feel like in the ending it's going to be bad. This is about to be really, really bad. I mean, I kind of want to keep reading. And you know how we are. You know how us humans are. We pull up on something that looks bad or we see something. There's a part of us that kind of is like, well, that's bad. Let's go look. We do it. It's in our nature. We, put, we see lights, flashing lights on the side of the road, and we're just what they call East Texas, rubbernecking. Now listen, y'all be careful because I, I have a job, my, I have another job where I'm on, on the side of the road and I'm helping with that situation. And uh, I'm over here going, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> But that's in our nature. We see something. Oh, that, that, that looks like a bad wreck. Let's pull over and, and let's, go, let's go look. What is it about us that we just want to see that? There's a part of us that sometimes wants to just be so inquisitive towards the wrong thing and the bad thing. And it could be even sin where we say, ooh, I don't know. Let me look. There is something in your nature that wants to go and do the wrong thing and look at the wrong thing and see the wrong things. But let me tell you, when you look at what began at the beginning of this story and you see how it turned out, 
What happened was there was a miraculous, a miraculous, God-ordained chain of events. This is a chain of events that God started. He had a plan, but it's a chain of events that happened one after another. And Joseph, all throughout the chain of events, he's saying, I don't know where you're going with this, God. This doesn't make any sense. Why am I locked up? Why am I in, why, why am I in bondage? Why are you throwing out a, a ray of hope for me? And then all of a sudden it's squashed. And then the, the, the dreams that I interpreted and the, the way of escape that it looks like it's about to be put before me. And they forgot about me in prison again. And Lord, I'm still locked up. Freedom comes at a price. Today I'm asking you, are you willing to let the one who died and rose again? Remember that thing that we just celebrated last week? Yeah, Easter. He died and rose for our sins. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. He bled and died on a cross. And we heard all about it last week. The master's card. And he's ready to just pay and pay and pay. For some of us, he's got to pay a lot it's like extra blood is coming out of his body if he was here because we sin so much and we are professional sinners at times. But are you willing to let him pay for your ransom to set you free? Today I want to speak to you from the, the topic today and they're going to put it up there. Freedom is off the chain. Freedom is off the chain. And I know when y'all heard that you're like, whoa, wait a minute, now we can, what off the chain and if you're older maybe you don't know that you don't use that term but there's a younger generation when they see something they like oh man that is off the chain that is off the chain well I'm gonna work off that today and we're gonna realize that freedom really is off the chain and it can be a powerful thing if you will let God work in your life the way he wants to work so as you're sitting here today just begin to pray under your breath. Father, let me feel what he's talking about. Lord, let me receive this deliverance that he's talking about. Let me feel something different. I don't want to come to church and go home. I don't want to go to church and go out to eat and go home and take a nap and come back next Sunday. Same old routine, same results. It's insanity. I want to be different. I want to be changed. I've got to be changed. I can't live like this the rest of my life. I want to put up a couple of pictures. This is a picture in the early 1900s. This is around 1905. And I just, I hate to put this picture up. This is some Aborigines in Australia. And I'm looking at the smugness on this dude behind them. If I was there, oh Lord Jesus, he would have to hold me back. Because I would walk up and I want to choke that dude out. And punch him in his face. And set all the captive free. That's what I want to do. That smugness and that smirk. But you know what? That's all he knew. He was raised that way. He was a man who probably saw his father running slaves everywhere. That's just what we do. They're slaves. They're less than me. I'm telling you, there's a message in that. The way you're acting right now, your father put that in you. Your mother put that in you. You don't even know it, but you're getting it from your great-great-granddaddy. I'm telling you, that's bondage. You look at those slaves, they're in bondage. But that man behind them, he thinks he's free. He's in bondage. He is cursed with a curse. It has gone from generation to generation to generation. He has not broken it. He has not spoken against it. There is no deliverance in his life. And therefore he is happy to put those, those men in chains. Another picture. This is another group 
This is a real picture. This really happened. This is bondage. This is slavery, again, in Australia. But we know it was all over the world. It was all over the world. When I did some research on the, the term or the phrase, it's off the chain. This is what off the chain means. It comes to uh, a reference to two things. A reference to slaves being released. Also, when a dog is released and escapes from captivity. We're not putting that picture up. You can leave that other one up. I'll get to that later. Freedom results in exuberance and celebration. An exuberant celebration. That's what freedom results in. And then the phrase off the chain really just is what it's saying is it's celebration. I'm exuberant. Off the chain. If someone could walk up to those men, if we could go back in time and we could walk up and we could take all the little smug, smart aleck white men who were holding them down in bondage and had whips and chains and weapons and we could go over there and subdue all them and corral them up and then walk up and just start cutting and cutting and cutting. Do you think there would be some exuberant celebration going on? They would be saying, off the chain, off the chain, off the chain. We got to be careful that we don't come to church week after year, after 10 years, after lifetime, after lifetime. Come on now. We got to be careful that we don't come time and time again and walk out with chains on our body and we've got chains that cannot be broken. I'm going to tell you, I brought, some, I brought a prop today. It's a little bit of a mess. It's all bound up. Let me get it, kind of, let me get it together here. This is going to signify so much. This right here, this right here is something that is just, just the sound of it. Just the sound of it. I know that when we were kids, we would pretend like we would maybe hear something like this in the attic and someone would say something. Just the sound of that right there would kind of scare us. When you receive freedom, you quite literally are off the chain. Amen. But don't clap for me because I'm, I'm not, in, I'm not in, in freedom right now. I have, my, I have chains on me right now. This, I have chains on me right now. I am preaching this message and I am in chains. We just went and watched a movie. And it's a documentary. It's called Come Out in Jesus' Name. This movie really stirred me up. And if you, had, if you didn't go to the theater to watch it, you need to go to Netflix or whatever online service you have, and you need to look up, come out in Jesus' name. You need to watch it. I'm going to tell you right now, you need to watch it. The pastor said in that documentary, he said, you can do everything in the world. You can do everything in the world in cha with chains on you, except be free. You can come to church. You can raise your hands. You can pull your wallet out. You can give an offering. You can sing on the praise team. You can do a lot of things. You can do everything. You can fool everyone. You can do the checkbox and show everybody that you go to church and show them your membership certificate. And you can do everything that you feel like you need to do to walk the Christian walk. Except, except, the one exception, be free. Be free. 
free from your personal bondage that nobody knows about. Free from the things that you hide from everyone else. Free from the things that you don't have freedom from and everybody thinks you do. They don't see these chains. But you know these chains are here. But yet you raise your hands in church. Yet you teach. Yet you preach. Yet you sing. Yet you give. You volunteer. You do so. I do so much for you, God. And he says, I know you do. And I appreciate it. And I love you to the ends of the earth. I love you forever. I love you. But I want to see you free from bondage. I want to see you free from these chains. And I need you to get rid of these chains. You're doing everything you need to do. But you are not free. What kind of church will we be? Mark 16, 17 says this. And these signs, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Now you're starting to meddle, preacher. This is, this is scary now. Now you're scaring me. We're going to cast out devils. Whoa, 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 whoa. Relax. You need to relax for a minute, preacher. I come to church. We're going to sing some cool songs. You're pushing the envelope. We're having the lights moving around. The music was a little loud. I'm going to draw the line. I'm going to draw the line. Why do I want to draw the line? Maybe it's because I'm okay with these chains. I started to go get a big logging chain that was real heavy. I was afraid it was actually afraid it was going to kind of pinch my neck while I was talking. They're heavy. I'm perfectly fine with this amount of chain right here. I'm okay with this. I can, I can do this whole sermon today and I can have these chains on me and I can operate. I can work. I can work with this. If I take these and kind of hold them, I can jump up and down. I can run. I can, I can do what I need to do. If I need to bend over and work, it's going to get in my way a little bit, but I'll make it work. Many of you here today, you're making it work. You're making it work. You're like, I can deal with it. I can deal with it. I can get forgiveness. I'll use God's grace as a crutch, and I'll just grace my way right on through to heaven, and I'll pray at the end, Lord, save me, and remember me. Remember me, God. Yes, I remember you. I remember how you were locked up in chains your entire Christian life. You were locked up in chains. I wanted you to be free so bad. I almost knew you like I wanted to know you, but I didn't quite know you all the way because I want to know you fully and completely and 100%. I want all of you. I want all of you. I don't want you to chain up and hold up a little bit of you to where then you, you just got, there's some part of you that I can't get to. I start to get locked up. And God says, I want all of you. You say, yes, Jesus, I'll give you everything, Lord. Lord, here I am, God, take me, Lord. There's just a small, God, this arm's strong. I can do a lot with this arm. I can operate. He says, I want all of you. I want everything, God, here, everything. You can have my feet. I'll be your feet. I'll be your hand. He says, I want you to be my hands and my feet. I want, I want all of you. But Lord, I'm be, I'll, I'll be your hand. I want you to be my hands. I want you to be my feet. Plural. It's important that we are not staying bound up. And this happens in a church setting. I know that there are people in this sanctuary right now because I've seen me do it and I was one of those that my dad was a preacher. My father-in-law was a preacher. Both my papas, little papa and big papa, because one was taller than the other, were preachers. And then when I started doing some 
research of my own and learning things about deliverance and bondage and things like this. And, and it's a real deal. And I started realizing how it can be passed down from generation to generation. And I realized, oh, I, I might have had a, a, a grandfather who, who struggled. But the front was so good. And the, and, the, and, the, and the outside look was so perfect that I felt like in my imperfections, I was the wrong, I was the one, I was the black sheep. I was the one that I was the one that couldn't quite get it right. My daddy got it right. My papa got it right. I'm not getting it right. I knew I wasn't getting it right. I was like this, part way to heaven, part bound up. And I thought, what? What am I doing? What is wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I needed deliverance. I'm telling you today, I'm preaching this today, hoping that you'll see yourself in me and don't wait like I waited to get deliverance. I don't want to be like every generation before me. I want to be released. I want to work my way free from these chains. I want to get these chains off of me. I'm so sick of these chains. Father, deliver us today. Father, deliver us today. God is saying to someone today, I want to rewrite your story. Let me, let me change your chain of events. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. I want to ask you today, what kind of signs have you been seeing in your family, in yourself in the last year or two years or five years? What are you seeing with your eyes? Because what you see cannot lie. You cannot lie to yourself because you're seeing the results. And what you're seeing, don't lie to yourself. If you see turmoil in your marriage, there's a reason. If you have addiction in your heart, in your life, and, you're, and nobody knows, there's a reason. What are you seeing? Be honest with yourself. There's a mirror that you can look at. I'll say a spiritual mirror. And it's a mirror that tells the truth. I want you to look in that mirror today, the truth mirror. Because we can, we can doll ourselves up and make ourselves up. And we can have a mirror that makes us look good. We can put on the right, right amount of make. We, Lord have mercy. I don't wear makeup. I'm going to tell you about as close as I get. If my wife, if my lips are super, super chapped, and I have to have something, and all she had was lip gloss, I'd be like, well, give me the lip gloss. My lip is cracking. There ain't going to be no eyeliner. Listen. I do the bare minimum and some of the stuff I even miss, but my wife catches it. She's like, you better get some tremors around them eyebrows. They're getting a little bit bushy. There's one that's curled up and it's about to connect to the top hairs. <laughs> and men, you know, when you get older, you got to get a little <laughs> Women, I'll speak to the women. I will not speak to anybody in here that identifies as a woman. You are a woman. And you know why you're a woman? Because you give birth and you can support and nurse a child. Then you are a woman. I feel like a woman. We can go to the locker room and we can check you. And we will inform you immediately. And it will be a great awakening. 
Women, you can put makeup on and you can make yourself look like, I will just be honest, almost another person. It's amazing. I'm so happy for makeup. I love makeup. It's great. My wife can put that stuff on and she walks out and I'm like, whoa. Then what, here's what you're supposed to say though. You're like, look just as good as you did at 5 a.m. You don't need that makeup, baby. You don't need it. I really do feel that way. That's, that's not, you, I say that. I say that, don't I? Yep, brownie points. <laughs> he wants to change your story. If Joseph could be there, if he could know, if he could have read. I know I've said this before, and I got a really close to this sermon a while back, but I really feel like somebody needed to hear this today, and I'm just doing a little bit of a different twist on it. But I'm telling you, if Joseph could have read the end of the book, if you could read the Heads up, everybody. We win. We, uh, the, we win. We do win in the end. We are victorious. The chains, the chains that are binding you right now, they will be defeated. The devil who's on your back day after day after day, and you just can't, you, I just can't seem to whip him. I just can't seem to whip that old scoundrel, the devil. I, guess what? In the end, he's going to be cast into an everlasting lake of fire and brimstone. All you got to do is get on the right side and be on the winning team. And live in freedom. And live in freedom. So I ask you, what kind of signs have you been seeing in your life and in your family? Signs of redemptions or signs of reverting? To revert means to return to a previous state. Preacher, I want to be free. How do I do it? How do I do it? Preacher, I, I, you got me. You got my attention. I, I, I can sell it. I can sell freedom. Well, I can sell it. But then the hard part comes on the paying and the buying. And, and the buy-in. How many of you, you've had a salesman come by your, your house sometimes? And let me just tell you, the, let me give you a heads up. Be careful. You always got to watch the guy that's selling the, the steam cleaner and the vacuum cleaner. Because let me tell you their trick. They're going to go right there in your living room where you got that dirty carpet. And they're going to clean a big old spot right in the middle. and be like, what do you think about that thing, huh? It's awesome. Can you clean the rest of my living room now? Because i got a big old white spot on this brown carpet. So, heads, that's the tip. Don't let them clean anything in, the, in view of everything. But they, they'll make that sales pitch. A salesman will make that sales pitch. I mean, it's like you, they got the piece of paper and they, where can we sign to get an agreement today on this new car? Y'all have seen them? The high pressure. I'm talking about high pressure salesmen. And they're looking for that commitment. They're looking for that sign on the dotted line. God, today, I'm telling you, he's wanting so bad. He's not high pressure. He will let you walk out today. Not like the, some of the salesmen that you face. Or that Kia. Or that Honda. Or whatever it is you're looking. That new Ford that you've had your eye on. They'll, they're not going to let you walk out. Our Heavenly Father is such a gentleman. Our God is such a gentleman. He is so patient and kind. And you know why He is? Because He wants you to want Him. He wants you to want Him. I will not press myself on you. I will not push myself on you. I want you to turn to me. And when you turn to me, when you look at me in the face, in the eyes, and you say, God, I, I need you in a new way. I, not because my papa said it. 
Not because anybody around me said it. Not because of anything, but I've read your word. It pricked my heart. I see myself for what I really am. And God, I need you. And Lord, I'm looking at you right now and I'm saying, God, please take me. Reveal yourself to me in a new way. And you say in a sincere moment with God, He will meet you in your need. If you've got something that you go back to time and time again, you are unable to control it. You are in bondage and it's that simple. In the movie, in the, in the documentary that we watched, let me tell you what we're seeing here. We watched a documentary. It's a small church. Looked like the building might hold about 30 people. Expansion and growth immediately. Why? Because it's not the preacher. It's not the lights. It's not the songs. It's, what, what was it? Deliverance. Why do people come to church? They, they're not coming to hear you sing. They're not coming to hear me preach. I hope they're coming to hear, not me, but I hope they're coming to at least get these words. You need to be coming for these words. Don't come for me. Forget me. You need to be coming for what's coming out of my mouth. These words, these, this scripture, this, this mighty powerful, sharper than, sharper than any two-edged sword. Cutting asunder and piercing to the very heart of a man. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm reaching in right now and I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut right through that uniform. I want to cut through that outer shell. I want to cut through all that, that metal and plate armor that you've got up. That armor. I want to cut through that and I want to just barely, I just want to nick your heart today. I want to just kind of touch it. And I want you to be have that moment where you go, ow. Man, you come on now. Come on now, come on, don't, don't prick me, don't, don't touch my heart. Don't start to meddle, don't step on my toes, as we say. I can't help it. God put me here, and that's what I'm called to do. And you know what? I take it serious. I have another job as a firefighter, and when I go on duty, I'm on duty. And I'm going to tell you what, I will do some things that many other people probably wouldn't do he God put a nature in me to do certain things I'm smart but I tell you what and uh, many of the men and women in this place have the same reaction and you would do the same thing it just so happens that's my career path but I'm telling you what you have it in you the fight or flight syndrome and when something happens you can't you can't prepare for it you can't it's it just happens some run away and some run too. And I'm telling you what, I have that fight, yes, in that career choice. But I'm telling you, I've got it right here. I wish I could retire tomorrow, but until then, and we're going to have a big celebration the day I retire. And it ain't going to be because of, just, oh, look, the fire, the fire department. Oh, so, forget that mess. I'm tired of getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 2 one and whatever. <laughs> the, the celebration is going to be like, Full-time ministry, yes. <laughs> I don't care, it's fine. God has given me so much strength. My wife, she laughs at me. She's like, I don't know where you get the energy. I don't know where it comes from. It's God-given. Thank you, Jesus. How do you do it? How do you break free? You've got, well, you, first of all, you've got to break free because if you've got something that you keep going back to, I'll tell you what the documentary said. The documentary said, you've got company. 
So that's a little bit scary. I know that's a little bit scary to hear that in church. But if you've got something you keep going back to time and time and time again. Oh, but three months strong. One year strong. But oh, I'm just, I just going to go back to it one more time. Just going to have a little visit. Just going to have a little visit. Just have a little, little, little reunion. You're going to have a little a sin reunion. How y'all been doing? How you, how's, your, how's your mom and them? Yeah. Oh, yeah? I th- yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hang out with y'all for a little while. So, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I go to church. I do. I go. Yeah, I've been going to Covenant. Yep. I won't talk about that too much. I, what are y'all doing? How y'all doing? Yeah, I, I, I'm a Christian. Yeah. But how are y'all doing? Just tell me more. What's going on? I mean, I'm missing y'all, man. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate y'all asking me to come over. I, I, I just want, it's just a little reunion. We're going to hang out, have some food. Maybe fall off the wagon for a little bit. You know, I had a sermon a long time ago. I had that towel that I had in my pocket, a little white towel. It's my temporary quit towel. It just, just throw that, I just want to throw that out here on the ground. Let's quit for a minute. Just for a minute. Listen, if it's something you go back to time and time and time again, you got company. You have company. I'm not saying you're possessed by the devil and we're not going to have some kind of crazy Hollywood you're going to elevate off the floor and it's going to be eyes rolling around and your head spinning around 360 degrees and it's, uh, no, no, you, you got company though. You can be demonized. You can be oppressed by the devil. You can have a spirit be upon you that can come from generation, from generation to generation. I have lost some of y'all already like, nope, nope. It's me. It is me. And that's what we want to say. We want to say, no, it's just me and my will. I am just a stubborn, hard-headed man. I'm just a stubborn, hard-headed woman. I beg to differ. You got company. You got something that is on board with your spirit. And the Bible does talk about how we war, not against flesh and blood, but we war against the spirit. And we war against spirits and principalities. So don't just sit here and say, Ah, uh, I believe everything but that. Uh, no, now see that part right there? Let me get, y'all got a, some scissors? Let me, I'll just rip this part out. I'll just rip this out. That's a little scary. I don't want to mess with that. I'll get rid of that. I don't even need that whole book. No, no. Let's just be real. Let's just recognize it for what it is. And we're going to say, yes, you're right. I want out. Give me freedom. Because, I'll be honest, this on the back of my neck is starting to bother me a little bit. But you me tell you what's got to happen. you got to get so sick and tired of these chains, you got to get tired of it. you got to get tired of feeling choked by it, bound up by it. And you're just like, man, alive. I can't even get dressed. I try to brush my teeth, and I'm just, I'm just, I make it, I make it, I'm okay. I'm on, but some days, man, some days, man, the devil just be getting me down. I just, it's just, I'm, it's just there. Mm, mm. It's just, I just, I just, I just wish it would go away. And, and, and our pitiful attempts sometimes, sometimes just such a, our pitiful attempts, and, and we want to just be like, I just, I don't want it to go. I, I really, I, I do, I want to. I mean, I want to, Dave, can you come up? Let me get my friend David Trewitt to come up here and help me just for a second. And 
listen, our, our, our pitiful attempts, so, they're so pitiful sometimes. How do, I, how do I do it? How do I break free? It's imperative that you speak directly to the specific chain that binds you. You have to renounce it in the name of Jesus. Then you pray for the Holy Spirit to come in like a flood and take up that that you took out. But let me tell you what so many of us want to do. We, we come to the Lord. Or, or Yeah, let's use this first. I, I forgot about this. But this is another failed attempt. Another failed attempt where we're like, it's sandpaper, folks. It's sandpaper on a chain. Let's get this in perspective. But this is how we are spiritually sometimes. And it's so abrasive. And we don't even realize. And it's wearing us out. Our thumbs are cracked. Our we're, in a, we're miserable. I'm bleeding. I'm miserable. But I'm fighting my devils. I'm fighting my devils. I got my devils. You got your devils. Leave me alone. I know I got my devils. I got my demons. But that's a miserable failed attempt. But here's, here's something that many of us want to do. We want to come to church and we're just like, please, please get rid of these chains. And, and look how much we're cutting off here. We, we want to get rid of these chains. We're ready to get rid of these chains. And we're going to get rid of these chains in a really powerful, powerful service. That was a great service that I went to. Man, that was, a, that was an awesome time at the offering, at the altar. Can, can, can Dave, can you help me out again? There's a, there's a revival service that was happening. And uh, man, that was another great time in the Lord. And I had a great prayer meeting. And it was awesome. Man, that was a really good one there. That, man, I got rid of some, I got rid of some, some bondage. I, 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 I'm not free. I got, I got hopes to be, I really do, I got hopes to be free, but I'm not really free. Why? 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. Now the Lord, why do we need to be free? Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Freedom. Why do I need to be free? And how do I become free? And what is going to get me free? It's the Spirit of the Lord. A real encounter with God. Not one of these, I'm just going to pretend like I love Jesus. I'm going to walk up. I'm going to go wherever I need to go. I'm going to be in my car. I'm going to raise my hand and say, Lord, if it be your will, please set me free from bondage. And, and Lord, if it be your will, help me to be the man I need to be. Help me to be the woman I need to be. Help me, Lord, to be strong. Help me in my unbelief. And it's really just a prayer of going through the motions. It's not the real deal. You're not really serious about it. And you never really gave God much to work with to begin with. There are those that are here today that you've already said to yourself, Wow, what a great message. Somebody really needs to hear that. There's somebody here today, I promise you, they've already thought it in their mind. That's a great message, man. Somebody today really needs to hear that. Let me tell you what, flip it around, look at yourself, look in that spiritual mirror and tell yourself, say to yourself, self, I need to hear this message today because I'm in bondage. The devil has given many a feeling of a false sense of freedom when in reality, you've just allowed your chain to be lengthened. Dave, help me out one more time. You don't have to cut it. I just want you to hold it. I, f I feel free. I do feel free. I feel more free now. Think about what you just said. I feel more free. I'm not free. I feel more free right now than I've ever felt in my life. But all I'm doing really 
is I'm just allowing my chain to be lengthened. There's some new territory there. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a new, there's a new area there for me. There's new ground. There's new possibility. There's, there's new hope for me. It's right there. And, and the devil says, yeah, I'll, I'll let you get close, but I'm going to keep you in bondage. I'm just going to lengthen your chain just a little bit and give you a false sense of deliverance and hope. And we, some will go with that the rest of their life all the way to the grave, to the graveyard. And at the deathbed, they're saying, Lord, please forgive me that I never gave everything to you. Please forgive me that I was in sin all the way up to the last second. But Lord, at this last second, please remember me like the thief on the cross. I'm not willing to roll that dice. I want to be real all the way through. Completely delivered, free from bondage and change. Put up that picture real quick. Let me show you this. This is exactly what you are right now. You're just a dog on a chain. I want you to look at this picture. That poor, pitiful dog. He's got one area where he can work. The dog behind him, same little circle. Just the same little circle. I can't get any further than this right here. I can't get, this is all I can do. This is, all, this is my area. There's new ground. There's new territory. I can't do anything. But you know, and another thing I will say about this, nothing can grow where I'm at. Nothing can produce and help me right here. Because I'm in bondage and everywhere I'm walking, I'm just wearing it out. I'm wearing out everybody around me. I'm wearing myself out. And everything around me, I'm in bondage. But look right beside him. Green grass. New territory. New accomplishments. You can't move into new territory. You're unable to thrive on new ground. Why? Because you're still in chains. Praise team, y'all come on up. Dave, I appreciate it. Thank you. I want to show you another picture. Let's go to the next pic. This is exact. You, some of y'all need to look at this and say, that's me. That's me. Why am I so aggressive? Why am I the way that I am? What is wrong with me? You've been on a chain so long. That nobody can walk up to you and offer you help. No one can come up to you and give you spiritual food. No one can meet you at your need. God himself is struggling because you have been so hurt and so abused and so broken. And I'm telling you, I know it and I realize it that it's here today. Many of you have been hurt. You've been abused. You've been broken. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Many of you are facing things that it was not your fault. You, weren't, you didn't have the best home life. You didn't have the father that maybe I had. You didn't have maybe a nice car at 16 years old like somebody else had. Maybe you've been struggling and you've been hurt so much that you're like, you see yourself like this dog right here. And it would take so much to take that animal right there that we're looking at and turn that into a loving, peaceful pet that you just rub behind the ears and he falls asleep in your lap. But I got news for you today. We are not a dog on a chain. We are the called. We are the chosen. We are a called and chosen generation. And we will be like Joseph. 
And there will be retribution. There will be vindication. And there is this that I'm speaking of for you, sir, for you, ma'am, in your soul, in your heart, in your family, for your life. But you got to get tired of these chains. When we look at this, there's no exuberant celebration. It's bondage. It's straight bondage. But I'm telling you today, when you go and you find that specific link, I can cut links. We could sit here and cut link after link after link, service after service, prayer meeting, prayer meeting. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm seeking the face of God. But I'm still in chains. Why? Because I'm not seeking for deliverance, true deliverance. I'm telling you folks today, I'm so stirred up after watching that documentary and seeing thousands of people be delivered. Yes, it was a 30-member church. Now they have a tent set up. And they went from tent to bigger tent to bigger tent. To b- They're in a 3,000-person tent right now. They, don't, they can't have church with AC. Why? Because they keep outgrowing the tent. If you will seek God, if you will seek the face of God, if you will go after true deliverance, the church, the church, Pentecostal, Assembly of God, Baptist, Presbyterian, I'll call them all out, Catholic, I'll preach it, I'm not afraid. Every religion, the religion that I came from, we want to focus on just one one little gift, one little sign, one little thing. What do you need? What do you need? Let me get you what you need. What I need is to get rid of these chains, bro. Yeah, how about we get rid of these chains? Because I, I, that's what I need. How about we address the chains? How many of you are here today and you're ready to get rid of some chains? I want you to raise your hands right now and I want you to start praying right now for yourself. I want you to say, Father, start saying this, start praying this, start saying this. Lord, prepare me. Lord, prepare me. I want you to say these words. Everybody here, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, pure and holy. Prepare me to be a sanctuary. Y'all hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's, yes, God's about to break out and move forth. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen from this sermon. Let me tell you what's going to happen from this sermon. You're about to see a revival explosion. Because many of you are going to be free from chains and bondage and you're not going to be able to keep quiet. You're not going to be able to keep quiet. And I'm going to tell you what, it ain't going to be in a long, drawn-out prayer. If you come up to this front and you raise your hands, I'm going to put my hands on you and it ain't going to be in me and it's not going to be the prayer team that puts their hands on you. It's not going to be in the person. It's going to be in the words and it's going to be this. It's going to be saying this. Come out in the name of Jesus. Come out in the name of Jesus. Come out in the name of Jesus. And and we're going to speak. And I want you to say these words over your own life. I'm going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. But you need to speak with your mouth. And you say, come out, spirit of religion. Come out, spirit of addiction. Come out, spirit of this. Come out, spirit of this. And you say what you need deliverance from. You say it for yourself. Say it out loud, and all we're going to do is we're going to walk up, put our hands on you. We're going to say, come out in the name of Jesus. Come out in the name of Jesus. Spirit of whatever, spirit of whatever, in the name of Jesus, come out. And there's going to be deliverance in the name of Jesus. God is saying today there is hope, there is deliverance, there is exuberance, there is joy, and there is freedom. 
So what we're about to do is we're not going to cut on a link. We're not going to cut a section, a chain off. We're going to go right to the part that is the link that you need to break. And God is going to get a hold of it. He's going to cut it. And they're going to drop. It's going to drop. And you are going to be off the chain. It is time to be off the chain. 